Welcome to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, the podcast to inspire you and bring the kickstart you need to crush it in the art industry. We'll bring you creative insights, inspiring interviews, valuable resources, and art marketing, along with decades of experience to provide you the strategic approach to unleash your creative talents and rock your inner entrepreneur. Now, your creatively energetic host, Sonia Paz. Hey everyone, I am your host, Sonia Paz. I am so excited today because I have the amazing opportunity to have Jason Michael on the show today. He is an amazing glass artist, and not only does he teach others how to do glass, he has his own podcast. Now, Jason has been creating amazing works of art for more than 17 years. He is a glass artist, and he is currently employed by the Arebus Brothers at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And he not only demonstrates his craft live on the stage to thousands daily, he is also the host of his own podcast called The Wise Guys Radio Show, which is dedicated to educating other folks who do glass, who are up and coming, that want to learn more about how to do glass, the ins and outs. He has interviews of other glass artists that he's brought onto his show, and he also helps artists grow their businesses, much like I help you grow your business. His passion not only shines through his work and amazing, amazing glass works, but his enthusiasm and quick wit also shines through his show. So without any further ado, I would like to introduce glass artist Jason Michael here on the show today. Heck yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. I um, met you, gosh, online a couple, maybe about a couple months ago through Rashawn. Yeah. Who is also a glass artist, who I met about three months ago when he was doing some educational tutorials in San Jose and met him through my the glass group that I'm currently in, involved in, which is the Silicon Valley Fireflies. Nice. Yeah, Rashawn was so. actually the first guest I had on my show. So it's kind of a fun, uh, you know, kind of a circle, I guess, as we come ac- come around here now. You're on my show, and I'm on yours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. This is really awesome. So I know when you and I had spoke originally, we talked about so many ways that we can help artists. Whether you know, it doesn't matter what the medium is. There's it's such a large art community online, and there's so many art communities in most people's local area, but not too many podcasts that really sort of touch on helping one another mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit about what you do with wise guy radio show. Yeah, sure. Well, a couple of years ago, a documentary came out called degenerate art, a glass artist named Marvel slinger. He goes by uh, put out and the documentary covered the basic beginnings of the functional glass scene, which are the pipe makers out there and kind of the origins and how it got started to where we are now currently. And this, uh, documentary inspired more or less a whole new generation of pipe makers out there. And especially as laws change and what have you across the country, the influx of glass artists has really grown exponentially over the past 10 years. I mean, really the last five, especially. And I started seeing a lot of these guys and girls on Instagram and social media feeds blowing glass, like in their bedroom or kitchen window with a box fan. And it really made me concerned for them. The safety doing what they're doing in their house, not to mention, you know, burn their house down, but also the fact that they have like no ventilation and whatever else. So I was trying to find a way to, to go about this. And so I thought about a podcast and I did some research and found there had been some podcasts that existed, uh, but nothing that was current. The ones that are still, you know, evergreen in a sense, because with iTunes are always there, 
But the reality is that there was nothing that currently existed. On top of the fact that because of this new influx of people doing this, uh, there needed to be some sort of education on the business side because the the functional glass industry, uh, I consider right now to be in kind of the late teenage phase, possibly by now. And mm-hmm. so because of that, the uh, the economy, the IRS, everything else that's out there in the world of business is, is taken notice because of the industry is going from multi-million dollar industry to now growing to a billion dollar plus industry. And because of the seriousness that's happening and, and with the laws changing again, uh, people need to learn how to run their businesses properly, like pay taxes and run their books and, you know, not just sit around at home and make glass all day. So I got the idea to do the show to kind of cover all areas of that as, as well as health and, and law and everything else. Just again, because there's thousands now I get, I mean, I hear all the time people are like, Oh, this is a dying art. And, in all reality, there's been a renaissance of glass art probably since the 70s when Dale Chihuly uh, really started to, to really show what glass could potentially become. To now we have everything from pipe making to you know, chandeliers and you know, the same stuff that's been being made now for hundreds of years by the Venetians as well. So I felt the need to reach out. And so, and so I did. Well, that's awesome. Well, your show is truly amazing. And I love the all the different kinds of glass artists that you are interviewing on your show. And it certainly is an education for people. And the great thing about podcasts, especially for artists, is that you can, it's all audio. So you listen to it while you're creating. Yeah. And it, you know, just for me, it keeps me inspired on just knowing that so many other people are doing what they love as a passion and they are turning it into a business. Yeah, I I agree. Now, tell us about when you started your art career. I would say my art career started in kindergarten. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like in all reality, I I remember uh, when I was six, seven years old, uh, my mom took my sister and I to the local county fair. And unbeknownst to myself, my art or my teacher, I guess, really, and the kindergarten teacher had entered uh, artwork that we did into the county fair art thingy competition that they had. And I won second place. And all it really was was one of those crayon sketches where you put all the color down first and then you put black down like a scratch kind of thing and oh, just, yeah. you know scratch the black i did this little dinosaur scene of like a t-rex and a stegosaurus or something that were fighting each other but <laughs> you know i show up at the thing and lo and behold there's my artwork hanging up on the walls with a you know ribbon on there for second place in all county and i was like super excited about it and that was that moment where i was like my bitch i could do this the rest of my life and make money and you know the whole dream um, but also being influenced from, you know, growing up as a child with Disney and all the other cartoons and stuff going on and comic strips, especially when the newspaper was still being read, you know. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I did a lot of drawing and sketches and did sculpture stuff and really anything I can get my hands on. And then I guess around 99 uh, is when I was introduced to Glass and that just happened to be uh, at the Renaissance Festival. Uh, I saw a guy there that was creating uh, these amazing big giant dragons in clear glass and it was just mind-blowing and I remember even as a child at Bush Gardens I remember seeing a guy making giraffes but never really thought about it as a career or even as a medium I would do anything with until meeting Gordon who became my master um, and so 99 after about two and a half hours of watching him and chit-chatting he's asked if I was interested and I was like hell yeah and he's like well you want to do an apprenticeship and I said hell yeah so one thing led to another and they did their tour and they came back that spring and uh, that's when I started my apprenticeship and I had to prove myself for six months and I was sitting there and fill little bottles with glitter and tie little ribbons and strings and all kind of stuff and sweeping floors and cleaning shop. And then once he felt I was worthy in a sense, they uh, turned the torch on for me and started me doing that. And I started doing a lot of jewelry and basic stuff, nothing really major, but they gave me a really heavy, strong foundation on technique, but also on how to run a studio 
and just having the availability to sit there and watch Gordon working for hours upon hours. And at that point in time, he'd been behind the torch for 35 years. Um, so there was, yeah. he was already, you know, had his thing down. And at the time, color really wasn't available like it is now, uh, 17 years ago. There was maybe like eight colors at the time. And so now you fast forward to where we are these days and there's a whole new palette, almost as much color available as the soft glass world has had back from the days of the Venetians where they've had like 300 plus colors available. So wow. it's, it's been kind of an interesting journey having to go through the process of like figuring things out on my own. Cause for the most part, I'm about 95% self-taught. Um, I've taken a couple classes recently, but for the most part, even my, my apprenticeship didn't really teach me what I know now. And there was also nobody teaching anything at that point in time. So again, that's kind of where my podcast has gone because I'm really all about sharing information, but also because I've mostly am self-taught, I've made a lot of mistakes. And now that the color is where it's at and the material is where it's at, I have to actually learn how to use this stuff. Now I can't just fly by the seat of my pants. So, (laughs) you know, so as I'm learning, I'm teaching as well in the same process. And as I'm teaching, I'm also learning, which is amazing. Right. And it's an ever changing. It's just a constant for me too. Now I know when I started working with glass about four years ago, I, I think I told you the story where I had actually, I I was looking on Craigslist for someone to show, to do classes. And I went and drove two hours out of San Jose and took a glass class, but it was borosilicate glass and not the lampwork style, Mm -hmm. which is two different things. It was funny because when I had shown some examples of photos to the gentleman who I was taking the class from, he said, oh, well, that's soft glass. I said, no, no, it's hard glass (laughs) (laughs) because it's glass. And he said, oh, no, no, there's a difference. He goes, I think that's that's referred to as soft. What we do here is borosilicate, which is, you know, higher temperatures. Can you tell us what the differences are with those two types of glasses? Yeah, absolutely. And I get asked this all the time, especially recently, uh, actually just as of yesterday, I was working over at Epcot at, 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 at Disney. And uh, over at Epcot, we have our two glass artists that are jewelry makers. I use soft glass. It's uh, There's Moretti and different types of different variations of the brands per se. Uh, but basically what it is, is glass has what's called a COE or a coefficient, uh, which is basically the expansion and cooling rate of glass. And if it's not compatible because one cools down faster than the other. Say you have like a COE 33, which is what borosilicate is. Uh, people hear Pyrex and, you know, Corning and that kind of stuff. Those are just generic names for it. But borosilicate is the actual, I guess, scientific term for it. Um, but the, the borosilicate glass itself has a COE of 33. And the lower the number, the hotter it has to take to get it to start to melt on a molecular level. So molecularly wise, borosilicate starts to move right around 1,050. And then when it's liquid, it's around 3,000 degrees plus. And most of modern torches are anywhere from three to 4,000 degrees, I guess is about where they run. Um, where your soft glass, uh, the different types of Moretti and different soft glass that they use for jewelry and beads, uh, it starts to move at around 9 to 935-ish. And there's, they run from a COE anywhere from a 90 up to 120. Uh, most of your furnace work style work with the big blowpipes, traditional you know, Venetian or even you know, modern glass blowing in a hot shop, uses uh, usually like a 103 to a 120, I believe. And uh, wow, and yeah. that's just because it, it's, it stays softer longer. So uh, there's a there's a big video that's been trending for a couple of years. I get tagged on my Facebook wall probably once a week with, with an older gentleman in Italy making a horse out of clear glass. And he just gets a gather and sits at a bench and makes a horse in like 35 seconds. Like it's incredible. 
But because oh, the glass yeah. is pliable for so long, he's able to sit there and do that. Where with borosilicate, it cools down so fast. So the torch has to be used as a constant heat source. Um, which, but because it cools down quickly, it allows you to do more detail work. Uh, when you try to heat up like soft glass, for instance, uh, or doing lamp work beads or whatever, the, the glass likes to, to move around because it's so soft. Even like, even if it's not in the flame directly, it's just the heat around you will melt it. But you also right. deal with different, there's issues what's called reduction where like the metals in the glass can come to the surface. Just there's a lot of different properties that, and I, I myself personally, I've only worked with the soft glass on a torch maybe four or five times. And I typically, people ask me what I'm doing and I'm telling them I'm making a mess because that's usually what I'm doing. <laughs> My bench is like confetti just covered because the soft glass is really sensitive to shock, like dropping oh, an ice, yeah. like ice cube in water kind of thing. And the glass right. does the same thing. So if you don't warm it up slowly, it just pops and spits. And typically if I burn myself, that's how I do it. Oh, yeah. And my learning myself is, you know, sort of stabbing the flame. And then all of a sudden you're, you're waiting for that to happen. Mm. And all of a sudden you realize you've got these little red dots alongside of your arm or on yeah. your chest or whatever. Yeah. So I'm an artist by doing paintings. So I wanted to tr- transform my work into into the beads and I get one out of 10 beads. nice. And that's, that's it. But I have, uh, that's where I admire all of my friends who work in glass and, you know, the whole scientific aspect behind it all. (laughs) Yeah. Then that's what, that's what I love about the most. There's besides being an artist and having to having to have a vision, you have to be able to understand the science involved. You have to have a little bit of engineering in your brain and also a little bit of architecture there. And I've always wanted to get into engineering and architecture. So kind of the, some folks like to call the zone of genius in a sense that I was able to find through my glass work has kind of, kind of come to fruition and, and become a career. That's something I'm going to probably do till the day I die. Yeah, definitely. Most certainly. Now you've been doing this a while and we talked earlier about business as an artist or art as a business. And I know the reason I started the podcast was for years, people would ask me, you know, can I pick your brain? And that's great. You can pick my brain. But what ended up happening was that people would say, hey, can I take you to lunch or can I buy you a coffee or whatever? And ask, ask you how you market yourself. Well, you know, not to sound raw, but it's like going and asking an attorney or a doctor or somebody or a car mechanic. Can you tell me what what this means or what is this when I cough this way? What does that mean? Or yeah. my, how do I change a an alternator? It's that's it's a big loaded question. Mm. So. Then I would run into people later and say, oh, how'd that go? You know, we talked about you, you know, doing your art. How'd that go? And then it's, oh, I never did anything with it, which made me feel like, well, okay, I have gave you this really great valued information and you did nothing with it. So that's how I started doing the art marketing workshops at the gallery when I had the gallery in Campbell. So I wanted to do the podcast for quite a long time. And finally this year, this was the year I was going to, finally just do it because I am a just do it kind of person mm-hmm. I don't sit around waiting for permission I just, <laughs> yeah. I just jump in with two feet and fearless pretty fearless so I know that a lot of artists get stifled because people are telling them don't do this or do that or create this don't create that or they question why somebody's doing art and what is your advice to artists on you know any sort of hinder you know what is hindering them and how to get them to move forward confidently yeah I, one of my favorite quotes out there and i forget who it was but it was something something to the fact of 
if you're not embarrassed by the first thing that you've put out, a product, whatever it might be, then you waited too long to put it out. And right. my, my <laughs> podcast and my work's always like that. Like, I, I'm not afraid to just try something. And if it looks like crap or, you know, sits on a shelf for a year, so what? At least I tried it. But it's, the, it's right. about doing it and then doing it again and again and again and again. And for instance, with my glass, whenever I do teach, um, I always find it takes about 85 to 90 times of doing something to really learn the muscle memory. And a lot of people out there like to give up after like five or six times because they just can't figure it out. Or they get to like number 10 and they did it perfectly. And they're like, oh my God, I'm the best artist in the world. And then they go to number 11 to 12 times and it sucks. And <laughs> and they don't understand why it sucks, you know, because they did it the first time or the 10th time or whatever. So, you know, it's 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 really, it's it's understanding that it's like, you know, I, I, I guess kind of, for instance, I do the Great American Teaching with my, with my wife for, at her school every year. And I try to explain to the kids about, you know, taking the knowledge and the lessons I've learned through perseverance and whether it's with math or reading and you won't ever do it the first time. And I always use skateboarders as a, for instance, that these guys that are out there doing these amazing tricks you see in these competitions that have been practicing for weeks and weeks and weeks and falling and breaking bones and cutting themselves that you don't see that behind the scenes. And, right. you know, artwork is very much the same way. And no matter if you're creating or selling, and it's just the idea just to be able to for one, to be able to fall and hurt yourself, what, you know, metaphorically speaking with my glass, it's literal, you know, <laughs> but, and being told no as well, you know, and it's, and you have to be able to be told no. And you have to sometimes not be afraid to ask why, why are you being told no from whoever's telling you no to really find out? Cause maybe something you did, you approach the situation differently next time. Um, but also if you go to say you're an art artist and you're trying to sell your work, if you're trying to price your work at a certain price point and you're trying to say sell it to Walmart compared to selling it to the Bellagio environment has a huge difference in what you're going to be able to price your work for and sell it, not just right. because of environment, but also clientele. So those, those, those kind of areas people don't really think about when it goes to getting out there in the world as an artist and understanding there's just kind of this kind of underlying rule, which kind of sucks, but there's, there's rules out there we got to follow in the world of art. And it comes to, creating art and selling it. But then the, also the other side of the coin is you got every once in a while, you get these artists out there that do the exact opposite and are extremely successful. And people see that and they take that as that's how it's going to be. You know, like the pop singers that get found at the gas station. Next thing you know, they've got a gold record, you know, or, <laughs> right. you know it just doesn't happen. It's not really the reality of it. But again, it's the whole, you know, you're not going to be told yes until you're told no a thousand times. But every time you're told no, you're closer to that one yes. And that one yes is, could be potentially a huge yes. It could be a small yes. It could be a stepping stone or whatever. But it's really just going through and doing it. And you have to persevere and be not be afraid to be told no. It's that whole, you know, we have these, you know, this ego going in our head telling us that we suck and we're a failure and our work sucks and people are better than us and, you know, everything else. So I don't know if that, oh, yeah. that answers the question. Yeah. And, and for me, you, I'm the type of person, you tell me I can do something and I will give you 50,000 reasons why not only am I doing it, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to do it my way. I mean, there is no right or wrong. Yeah. There is, there's steps you need to take and there's methods and of course being organized and things, but in some of the art marketing workshops, there are steps to take to start, you know, uh, steps. So mm -hmm. from the meet and greet, to how you price your work, if you're going to ship it, are you going to go sell online, are you going to sell in person? And some people, not even an hour into the workshop, they the question was, how do I build my own product line? <laughs> well, of 
you kind of got to do the steps first because you want to have a clientele to sell the product to. And one lady said, well, I just, you know, I admire Warhol and I want to do what he did. Well, that was, that's a one in a gazillion example Mm -hmm. of that's not, I hate to say it's not reality, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah. It's also Andy Warhol. Don't be like Andy Warhol. Like I'm all about like with the glass, for instance, a lot of people out there like to copy other artists out there and some give props to the artists they copied and some don't. Some actually will call them an a-hole or some other thing because the actual original artist's prices are quote unquote too high. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind artists that copy and imitate, but you need to then innovate and become your own artist. And there's a, I, had, I had one of my guests on there. He said that's the exact same thing. He said, imitate until you can innovate. And there's no problem and no reason why you can't copy. Like we've been watching Bob Ross's on Netflix now. I grew up watching Bob yes. Ross. I love, I, know. I love the man. I'm, my kids are. I'm now. so glad that he's on Netflix. Yeah. I discovered that about two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And what's kind of funny is like growing, growing up watching Bob Ross, I didn't understand he was using oil paint. My wife's an artist and she's like, yeah, he's using oil paint. I always thought he used acrylic. But my kids are watching it now and they love, they, they're they going to bed and they're either watching Cupcake Wars or they're watching Bob Ross. You know, right. <laughs> it's so funny. But again, it's just, you know, it's not, there's no problem with copying or, or imitating an artist, but you got to find your own voice. And that's the only way you're going to survive as an artist. You got to understand product line, you got to understand marketing, but you also have to understand your voice and your voice is what's going to speak out the most to everybody out there in the, in the industry or whatever your art might be. And also you got, you can't be afraid to get out of the house, get off your computer and go to these galleries and introduce yourself. I have a, yep. a, well, a local friend of mine who's been, I've taken out of my wing. He's been doing glass on and off for a couple of years, but really focused lately. And he would call me the other day and he's like, Hey, I'm having some troubles locally selling glass. My industry or community around and here in Florida is a lot of tourist based. It's also summertime. So we're out of season. And I'm like, well, dude, you need to get like, make a bunch of pendants and make some business cards and go around to these shops and just shake your, their hand and introduce yourself and say, I'm not here to sell you anything, but here's my card. Here's something that I make. It's a free gift to you guys. Mm-hmm. And he went and did that. And he sold an entire case of like 25 pieces to one shop that he wasn't even expecting to sell. And it's just how it works. You have to go out there and create and build relationships. Social media is great for relationships, but there are a lot of them. They're not, you know, we have all these Facebook friends, blah, blah, blah. They're not your friends. They're just people that are, you know, trying to make other friends or whatever the story is. Right. And you can say, you know, I've got, oh, I've got so many likes on my Facebook page or whatever, but go out and support your fellow artist, mm-hmm. even if you don't know who they are, you see somebody having an opening at a, you know, photography opening or a, a glass opening or a community open studios or something, go out and meet your fellow artists yeah. and support them by showing up. And, you know, I'm not saying you're going to go out and empty your wallet and buy a whole bunch of stuff, but just going there and, and introducing yourself and making yourself known and telling them what you do as an artist. And then you're just building that whole relationship thing. And, you know, it doesn't matter at that point how many people you have following you. You want you want to be able to know and, you know, maybe even collaborate with these people at some point in time. Yeah. And I, and I think social media, in a sense, like when everybody was freaking out when social media was changing their algorithm and they're all like, oh, follow me, follow me, follow me. I'm like, I put on there, don't follow me. I don't want you following me. If you like my work, follow me. If not, I'm not going to force you. You know, and, and people were freaking out because, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you social, I did a whole episode on it. I'm like, did you got to use, social media is great for a tool. It's not like, it shouldn't be your everything. If your social media account gets shut down, what the hell are you going to do? You should have a website that's your own thing that you can direct people to through your social media. Or if you're at an event, like you're saying, you're at a friend's show, take some selfies, take a picture, do a couple of hashtags of whatever the event is and share it to your friends on social media. 
promoting them as well. And, you know, it's all about, you know, when you promote other people, they're going to promote you and back and, you know, back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now Facebook has Facebook live, mm-hmm. which I have to admit, <laughs> I am not a fan of being videotaped, but I have sort of gravitated toward doing some Facebook live videos and it's, yeah, it's kind of fun. I and recommend I'm, I'm, it to anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm really, ugh, I, 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 it's a one take Jake thing. Mm. If I have to be videotaped on an interview for a TV show or some cable thing, I sit there and I'm so horribly uncomfortable that you can see it all over my face. <laughs> but if I know that I've got the light, the, the match lit right under my butt and I, I have one minute or two minutes to talk there is no editing. It's live. It's out there. Boom. And I think I work better in that format than somebody posing me or saying, you sit this way or have your head that way or here's some makeup. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I think you'll find too, the more podcast episodes that you do, the more comfortable you'll get and the more you'll be apt to be able to just turn your stuff on and, you know, communicate oh, and yeah. have a following. It's fun because I've done the same thing like as a Periscopes and Meerkat before Periscope and all these other different ones that are out there for doing video work. I've tried them all. And because we already have our, our fans with Facebook in a sense, and also the, the ability to do videos inside of groups, which I think is awesome. So like, <clears throat> excuse me, for instance, uh, two weeks ago, I did a Facebook live video at Disney. Um, at Disney while I was working over at Disney Springs. And in all reality, I would get in a lot of trouble if they knew I had my phone on stage for one, two, that I'm doing a live video stream. But I wanted to do it as a way to promote myself, but also to promote our, the company that I'm working for. And I did a little dolphin demo and I had yeah. nobody in the store. So it was no big deal. And I had my phone hidden, but I had like 400 and something people in the group watching me live. And I gave them a full tour of the store, showed off the artists. And the next yeah. thing I know, like two days later, I had like 3000 views on this thing. And <clears throat> it's a great way to promote yourself. It's a great way to show people what you do. If you want to paint, you know, do a painting turn your phone on and sit there and record yourself, you know, to have fun with it. Forget the cameras turned on. It's that whole dance like nobody's watching thing, you know, just be yourself, have fun with it. And if you're, if you're transparent, you're going to be more apt to have more people want to follow you. Right. Right. And I tend to be a little hyper and animated anyway. So I think (laughs) what I've been told by friends is they loved what I was doing because I was myself. So what advice do you have for any artist, whether they're doing starting out on glass. I know we talked about touch this, but I want to just sort of um, circle back to that. What advice do you have? uh, Let's say the top three things, top three things that you have for somebody that's either new in the art business or in the art business now that might need that extra kickstart or that kick in the rear end to kind of move forward and keep, keep going and keep creating. I would say the very first hardest thing I think as an artist is not to think about the financial side when you're creating art. So people, so many people get stuck in like, Oh, I'm going to sell this for a hundred dollars or 50 bucks. Or they're also thinking about what it costs to create what it is they're making. You know, like in the glass world, if we work on something for a couple of hours or a couple of days, we may not have anything to say or show when it's all said and done because it broke or cracked. We're like with your, right, you know, when you're right. painting, you can just paint white gesso over it and start over if you need to. And I've always said like if Da Vinci and all those other crazy guys back in the day were glass artists, they would have probably hung themselves before they even got through their careers because of the frustration you deal with. So that would be number one. Don't think about the money. Just be creative and enjoy what that is at the hell of whatever you're doing. The second part is don't listen to what other people are saying. It's going, out, going out for opinions and, and getting feedback is one thing. If it's a reputable artist that may have some kind of 
something that you're doing similar, maybe kind of sort of, but there's nothing worse than going on your Facebook or Instagram, looking at likes and, and Bo, I got 5,000 likes today. And then your next thing you put up, you get two, it's going right. to kick in the nuts and you're not going to want to do your work anymore. It's going to, you know, if you're creating work for our likes, you've already defeated yourself. Right. So, you know, number two and number three is just one step at a time. If you are trying to learn how to paint, learn how to use color, learn how to use your primary colors first and learn how to mix it and then learn how to draw straight lines and how to stand lines, you know, whatever it is you got to do. Right. So many people are so one to just all of a sudden create the Mona Lisa overnight and it takes years upon years. And those years aren't just years. Like I've done this for 17 years, but I've done it for 60 to 80 hours a week. You know, with, right. with glass techniques, there was like the 10,000 hour rule. I really think in all reality, when it comes to art, it's 10,000 hours per technique. You know, as a, as a musician, you may have 10,000 hours behind your guitar playing scales. Mm -hmm. But as an artist, there's so many more things that are involved. Different type of brushes you might have to, I mean, I can't paint to save my life. I, I go to like painting with a twist, like your thing you that you do. And that's probably some of the yeah. best paintings I've ever done. <laughs> Not to mention I had a couple <laughs> bottles of wine in the process, but you know, all I've, right, got, I've right. got someone tell me what to do. And that's what it's all about. Go take a painting with a twist or do what take one of your classes that you teach, you know, learn how to like just follow simple steps, paint by number if you have to, you right. know, whatever. But it's seriously, people just want to rush out and become an overnight success. And fortunately nowadays, because of social media, you're able to promote yourself as an artist and make more money now than anybody's ever been able to make as an alive, breathing artist, not wait until you're dead till your stuff's worth millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, Amer you know, the whole American Idol or, you know, America's Got Talent or whatever, those are, those are, those are great shows and they're entertaining, but I have watched things like shows like American Idol and where, you know, the young under 20 or whatever, the, the, the youth, and, and I'm not, I'm not dissing on youth, but I think that there's a sense of false reality when, this is, they cry because they weren't, they weren't, they didn't go to the next level. And they mm -hmm. say, oh no, my, my, my dream is crushed. And I'm screaming at the TV because I'm saying, are you kidding? This is the beginning. Take this experience. You know, how would you feel if you were 55 years old and you never felt down and scraped your knee before? You'd probably be devastated. So yeah, exactly. learning that from, from a, from the get go as a kid or from being younger and knowing that, well, shoot, yeah, I fell down, I got a scrape, and this is how I deal with it. I get up, dust my knees off, and I keep moving forward. And that is, that's, that's a big thing for me because I just don't know if people really, really, truly in their heart feel, oh, well, I, I did an art show, I sold two things, I'm never going to do it again, or, or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Or in your case, you know, I spent three hours working on this glass piece, and I'm proud of it, and next thing you know, because science is science and art is art and it cracked and blew up or whatever, or even went to the kiln and, and blew up in there or whatever mm -hmm. the case is yeah. that there are disappointments along the way. But if you don't have those, you don't learn exactly. At least for me. <laughs> so kids, if you're going to be on American Idol, don't give up yep. or just don't go on American Idol. I, I think the power of, of, um, you know, personality is 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 greater than that and how yeah, many people that didn't even you know end up going on to the to the finale of american idol that ended up making it really big so yeah and i think it's just i think it's the process of just auditioning that can give you so much confidence 
whether yes. you, whether, you know, because like myself, I do music and I do, I write my own stuff. And I've always been afraid in a sense, quote unquote, to go do an open mic night. And one of these days I need to get my ass on stage and just go do it, whether I suck or not. And, you know, I, I jam with my friends and stuff, but like, you know, even though I do my glass on stage and it's because I'm confident in what I do, but the other side of me is not so confident in my music, but I want to go do it. And one of these days yeah. I'm going to suck it up and go do it do it i'm telling you hey if i can go and do karaoke and sing proud mary in the <laughs> ike and tina turner version <laughs> to a bunch of strangers if i can do it anybody can do it and i don't really need a whole lot of liquid courage either that's so awesome. that's kind of scary <laughs> too funny i really appreciate your coming on today and yeah. give me one one good solid word to describe yourself uh, i'd say dedicated dedicated awesome very nice. That's a good one. I'd have to say, for me, it's tenacious. Yeah. Followed by bratty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could use a couple more words that we might have to beep out. So I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's funny. My show just kind of gave everybody a heads up. I have a potty mouth. I'm actually biting my tongue here half the time here talking to you. And, oh, no. uh, you know, I get in Disney <laughs> mode, so I know what it's all about. But on my show, just for y'all to check my show out, I, they fly. You know, it's, it's explicit for a reason, just because that's who I am and I don't care. <laughs> so Jason, tell our beloved rock star mentor followers and wise guy radio followers. Cause I want you to mention that you are on the show. Mm -hmm. Tell them where, how, how they can reach you, where they can see your work and how they can hear your podcast and anything else. Sure. Well, uh, for uh, starters, my website is wiseguymedia.com. It's W Y Z G U Y media.com. And you can contact me at info at wiseguyradio.com. It's info at W-Y-Z-G-U-I radio.com. Uh, my Instagram page is my, my personal glass page is at J Michael Glass. It's J-M-I-C-H-A-E-L Glass. And then the podcast Instagram page is at wiseguyradio. And it's wiseguy underscore radio. And... Uh, other than that, I have I have a personal my jmichaelglass.com that's under construction so it's not up right now. Okay. Uh, and I have an Etsy page uh, for the Wise Guy Radio show as well. If you go to Etsy, just put in Wise Guy Radio and it's actually I've created it for uh, a platform for other artists out there that are following the show to put work on as well. I do some like oh. some 30-day challenges where I wanted everybody to create that's it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we did a one that was a create a pendant a day and I did the math and if they if if an artist creates a pendant a day for say 350 days a year and they sell it for, or say 300 days a year and you sell it for 50 bucks, uh, you have 300 pendants you've made at 50 bucks, you know, do the math. You got $15,000 extra a year you can make. And it's just a warm up by yeah. starting your day off by making a pendant. So there's just different tips and tricks. I do that, you know, artists, any, any kind of medium you have out there, you could do that. And you can start off a warm up of some sort, small, sell it for cheap and you can do that every day for a year. And next thing you know, you got a hundred thousand dollars extra money revenue coming in for your business. Wow, that's pretty cool. And that's on Etsy? Yeah, it's on Etsy. Yeah, it's Wise Guy Radio on Etsy. All right. See, I did not know that. So I will check that out myself. <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of my pendants and stuff. My little my little owl logo basically is my 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 signature glass that I do for myself, which actually started from a custom order from Disney, which is kind of fun. So I always say mm -hmm. Walt started Disney with a mouse and I started my Wise Guy Media with an owl from, Dis from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really, I really enjoyed this. This has been so much fun. Um, you are technically my first interview for Yay. Rockstar Mentor. Awesome. And, and um, 
you know, I am a freak about getting all my technology stuff done. So we could have probably done this a month ago, but I know that I've dragged my feet. A little hey, bit, it's okay. So. We're both busy as hell. So it's all good. And I apologize. Yeah. I'm exhausted. So my voice is a little tired today. So I don't have my not, crisp not radio voice like I usually do. It's more of the Barry White oh, no. baritones going on today. <laughs> hey, there's a, there, that's a good thing. That, yeah. That's a good, uh, that's a good sound to have. So. Well, there you have it, everyone. Jason Michael of the Wise Guy Radio Show podcast, as well as Master Glass Artist. I am excited to have had him on the show today, and I hope that you enjoyed it and that you can learn more about not only podcasting, but also in how to grow your art business. And if you're a glass artist, then you can certainly progress and escalate your talents from there. Hey, if you're checking out the show notes on this, make sure you check out Jason Michael's link at wiseguyradio.com and also check us out at rockstarmentor.com. Our sponsor today is The Brush Guys at thebrushguys.com where you can save 5% on great quality brushes with wonderful customer service. Everything from cosmetic brushes all the way to fine art brushes for whatever your medium is. Check them out at thebrushguys.com. Be sure to tune in on Friday for the Fan Mail Friday episode where we can address your questions right here on the air. And if you would like to check the show notes out for anything else that we've got going on, please do. You can reach me directly at mentor at rockstarmentor.com and you can also check us out at therockstarmentor.com. Hey everyone, I'm so glad that you tuned in today. Have a great rest of the week. See you on Friday. Peace out everyone.